What's happening boys and girls? It is time for a RetroShock review. Episode 1. I am Alan Price and, as you just heard, he is Mr. Chris Fint. Hello, yes, this is uh, not episode 100. Episode 100 will follow soon, very soon. But yeah, this is just a RetroShock review where we're going to talk about... Another trailer, sort of. The things, you, the things you do not to have episode 100 land early. Yeah, and then something else that happened... How long ago was that? Last week? Yeah, is it, last... This is, this is the thing. It's it's amazing. Last week, we had no clue of any pop culture that happened at all. WrestleMania nope. happened. Yeah. Spider-Man, we got Contrary a... to my reports in the previous episode, Undertaker did not jump off the Titan Tron and fly back to his home nope. planet. Uh, but we will actually be talking about that this episode. So yes, we're this is RetroShock Reviews. We're going to have a discussion about the fallout from WrestleMania 34. Very, very brief, of course, Alan. <laughs> uh, we'll run through the card and give our general opinion on the show. It has been interestingly received online. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but then we're going to go into... Um, a brand new solo, a Star Wars trailer, a, a trailer, trailer, yep, <laughs> Star, Wars, Star Wars trailer, Star Wars story, solo, a Star Wars story trailer. That's it. Um, and we've had not one but two come out, but we're going to focus on the longer main one that came out, simply because I haven't had the time to do the breakdown for the second one, but. I think we're probably going to have enough to talk about today. Yes. With the two topics we have, yeah. so we don't want to keep you any longer than you need be. Everybody. Should we do the trailer <laughs> first and then mania after that? Do you fancy? Yeah. yeah. We'll do the trailer first. Okay. So this all we're going to start with the Han Solo trailer. Then everyone, so feel free to join in. Boot up YouTube or any other streamable service. Probably YouTube's your best bet, to be <laughs> yep. honest. And you can join in with us as we go through this. So, uh, we're going to be doing it as we did with the previous Avengers trailer. I've set up a number of slides. You will point here the odd video clip, everybody. That's because i kind of taken key excerpts of uh, what I thought were kind of some of the cooler or more interesting lines from within the trailer. I'll pull up my notes as well. You threw me completely as to what we were starting with, Chris. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Forward planning is not an option. That's grand. But yes, boot up YouTube, bring the trailer up, and I'll obviously be giving you a description of what we're actually looking at at this moment in time. So you can follow along. So yes, feel free. So let me just get us going here then. So we have the opening of the trailer where we see what looks like, from what I figured out, or surmised at least that this is Corellia, okay. so Han's home planet. Uh, this is where we see from the other trailer uh, him in the speeder with Kira. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's obviously going to be some kind of main opening plot point. In Dingy, it looks very much like the start of Rogue One, where we see Cassian with your guy, and he says, you know, I can't get out of here with one bad arm. You know, it looks very yeah. dingy like that, so it does. It's. I think that's probably one thing you can say about Solo. It has that aesthetic of Rogue One. Yeah. It looks like it fits a bit more into the original trilogy in that regard. Mm -hmm. um, but it's an overlook of a very kind of, it's almost shipyard area, you would yeah. say, and yeah. that's kind of backed up for us in our next shot which we can see here 
the construction of a Star Destroyer. I was going to say because of that there. Because that's the uh, command tower. Yeah. So as we can see the shield and all on there. Uh, but you can see the actual Star Destroyer fairly still has a fair way to go. Yeah, it's very bare. And it's construction there, but that just again, like I said, backs up that we're in a manufacturing planet, which is kind of lines up with the history of yeah. Corellia in Star Wars because, of course, that's where the Falcon's from in the first place. It's a Corellian YT oh, yeah, model yeah. freighter. Mm -hmm. So this is their key bread and butter, so to say. Well, as we would say here anyway. <laughs> but nothing too groundbreaking so far. Moving on, I just wanted to mention this week, it's not too crazy a length of a clip here. Um, we get the proper music kind of kicking in here and it's it's very Western. Yes, yeah. So is but the shot I'm talking about here, folks, is it's kind of like this dingy sort of alleyway. It almost looks like just where the homeless people are underneath a bridge or yeah, something like and there's that. a group of what looks like homeless people round a fire. But the reason why I made a stop here is I realised this because I went back and looked at some of uh, Ron Hard's pictures that he posted. Okay. Online, see the bin that's filled with fire. Mm -hmm. That's actually actually a shell of an astromech. Oh, right, okay. So, so those are all the little swing arms oh, that you'll have seen okay. on the likes of R2. Yeah. Uh -huh. So uh, some poor droids oh. kicked the bucket and has become a, bucket. a, fi a fire bin <laughs> for folks. Yeah. Um, I know you haven't seen this in a, a wee while because, of course, you know we've been very, very busy and all. What, what have you thought of the music? It's very out there. It's it very different, does, isn't it? It doesn't, it doesn't seem to suit it. You know, and it's the first time that I've really said that about a Star Wars. Normally, the Star Wars music fits. You know, like whenever you watch, like, say, the Last Jedi trailer or the Rogue One one especially, um, like the behind-the-scenes one, that music, I had to try and find out what that was called to download it, whereas this, the music for this um, I haven't really been bothered with. One iota. It's not very Star Wars like a permanent fixture within no, the movie. It, no, it'll definitely not be like, you'll not see Han Solo and Chewbacca like walking down the street and you hear, dow, dow, you know, like you'll hear, yeah, exactly, yeah, you'll not hear something. Wah, wah, wah. Like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, next up, then, we see what we've got on the screen here, folks, is... Fake Boba Fett. <laughs> You're so cruel to people. I know. This is Infy's Nest, and this is the standoff we've seen in the previous trailers with Han. Now, what... You also see here, I think I've maybe got the side in here, we've got another sh brand new shot of Han kind of looking a bit... Scruffy looking. Scruffy looking <laughs> nerf herder, yeah. Um, this to me, this shot, looks like it's at um, Paul Bettany's okay. character's kind of lair. Yeah. Because there is another picture that came out this week, I think it was Empire, that there was a picture of Mando armour. Mm -hmm. in the background and everybody got up in arms like what's this mean and you know why is there Mandalorian armor okay. Mandalorian armor in the background um, but it was very much that setup right. you can see in behind him so I'm I'm starting to kind of not going to say I'm starting to piece things together mm. but I think we might end up on this planet that Paul Bettany's on twice okay I have a feeling we might go there Early get, on, where you get a mission see, or something, and where you see Beckett say, "Oh, you know, I'm putting together a crew." Yeah. They go, they get the job, they go do the job, and then they end up back there. Mm -hmm. And I think this may be it, right? 
because the characters that are with that Infus Nest person mm-hmm. are called Cloud Riders and they link back into Legends and stuff like that will not bore people to tears with that too much but you see them and you'll see them in a slide here that we get to later on they are trying to also steal the stuff from the train Okay. so my thoughts are do they get away with the cargo from the train and chase him back to here for he you know turns on but then that's the part where on the beach where they were they kind of facing off against each other exactly so now next shot then now this is a good one right between the legs um this and the previous shots with Emphys Nest the kind of stand up give me a very Indiana Jones vibe yeah this specifically very much the first Indiana Jones where he meets Marion where she's like in the bar and she's yes yeah and you just you see the shadow of him on the wall yeah yeah it's got that sort of feel to it as well what i'll say also about the previous thing before we get on with the standoff i almost hope we do kind of get an indiana jones nod where he just pulls a gun and shoots you yeah he's like really just doesn't wait yeah just bang yeah you know i'm not gonna fight you today and then he says something like oh we shoot first or something like that i think that may be a bit too on the nose well you never know but uh yeah so this is the Sabak game, mm-hmm. obviously going on here. Do you think this is the Sabak game? I think this is maybe where I don't know whether this is maybe where he'll he'll know who Lando is, or this is where he'll meet Lando for the first mm-hmm. time. You know, I don't know where that. So, but I can imagine this being him saying that this is his weakness and then this is how he gets the Falcon obviously it's through his back game so I don't think this will be that here but I have a funny feeling that this is the back game will be towards the end of the film once they've done everything they will sit down and have that's the one thing that has kind of the gears in my head really turn I when I was putting this all together I was trying to pencil this all together and think where is this exactly sitting Mm. in the movie because when you see, when you saw, I didn't include the slide of it, but there's a shot of Han and Chewie walking into this kind of old rickety place, which looks yeah. like it's the exterior of where they are here, mm-hmm. playing Sabacc. But it's on a snowy planet, which is looks like that would be the same planet as the train heist. Okay. And your question is then, where does the train heist happen? So could this be the final third of the movie? Could it be the middle? It could be anything. Plus... They're also trying to trick you with some of the audio that's over the top of it because oh well, like they always do. Yeah, because you hear Kira say, or sorry, someone asks Kira, you know, do you have a line on a ship? And she says, yeah, I know somebody, and you see Lando. Yeah. Then, and you're like, well, that audio could be from earlier in the movie, mm-hmm. not in this scene at all. I, I think the way it all end is with him winning this, him and Chewie on the Falcon, and then going right. Um, we got stuff to do. We need to do stuff for us now, or and then they just see the Falcon fly off, and that'll be how it ends. Yeah. Because how else are you really going to end it? You know. Yeah. So this shot as well. Now that we're on to here, this is a shot of Han going all in. Okay. Because matching the jacket up, it's the same jacket that Han is wearing, and this I think plays in again to later in the trailer. Right. Because you'll remember from later in the trailer. Um, where Han asks Chewie, well, what do you think? And Chewie's yeah. like, Ugh. and he's like, well, what do you know? Yeah. I think that's maybe Han asking him, what do you think, should a 
should I go for it? Yeah, should I go all in or should I not do? And yeah. of course, Han being Han mm-hmm. goes for it. Moving on. Now this is interesting. There's a lot of interesting stuff. You'll hear me say that a lot, folks. Interesting. We have a shot here of Han and Chewbacca standing in front of the Falcon. Now, I'm going to ask you something here, Chris. Do you remember this shot from the earlier trailer? Yeah, but it wasn't as low down as this. Yeah. Because it wasn't... It You can't you couldn't see those lights or those people in yeah, the background. Yeah, you won't be able to do this with the trailer you have in front of you, folks, but stay where you are. Okay. I'm going to hit us on to the next one. That is the shot from the first trailer. Oh, so Chewie wasn't there? There was no Chewbacca in that shot at all in the first trailer. So either that's from the reshoots, or they purposely had him CGI'd out in the first trailer. And they've decided to add him back in at this stage. Hmm. So, interesting. Yeah. And this again does look like it could be Castle. I have a suspicion this is going to be Castle. Okay. Um, and again, we see later on in the trailer... Chewbacca being quite physical in similar kind of yeah. surroundings. But this isn't the only place, right, where we see this being done with Chewie. Okay. Because we're going to we'll come back to it. We're going to come back to Chewie because we've got a little video clip going on here now. Just give it a second. So we hear Hera talking to Han. You look good, a little rough around the edges, but good. I feel this is very on the nose. I don't know about you, but is there anything that that sort of description makes you think of? Um, kind of whenever Luke and Han are talking about Leia. Right, yeah. T- they're kind of talking about her and go like, you know, she's got a lot of spirit and all that kind of stuff, but I get your point, yeah. I've got another couple here for you as well. This movie itself. Oh, right, okay. You know, you look good, mm-hmm. which after this trailer, I'm very much agreeing with. But it has been a little rough around the edges in proceedings. But more specifically, I think the th- one that jumped out at me more, obviously, yes, she is talking about Han. Basically says, well, she's got it where it counts. Yeah. You know, it's kind of got those sort of double meanings for me. Moving on. This is what I was telling you about Chewie again. Oh, because it looks like he's got suitcases or something. I know. Chewbacca is carrying suitcases in a desert. Because that looks like Han and Kira. Yeah. But it looks like she has got her arm round Mm -hmm. in in This was the shot that first made me think that we're going here twice. Okay. Because they do like they're kind of, I'm not going to say struggling, mm-hmm. but as you say, they're kind of leaning on one another and trees carrying stuff. It almost looks like the cargo that they need or something. Maybe that's they bring why back they're going to, him. to drop it off. Exactly so. But, as I mentioned, if we, now again, folks, you're not going to have this shot, but this is from the first trailer, so stay where you are. Oh, right, okay. There's from the first trailer, and it's so, the same shot of Kira and Han, but no Chewbacca. No Chewie, and you don't see the big... Um, no, that is cropped a wee bit. Oh, right, I did okay. crop it a bit, okay. just so we had the quality. Damn it, Alan. Get these things <laughs> right. But yeah, there is quite clearly from the first trailer, no Chewbacca. No right. nothing. Okay. 
very it, odd, isn't it? It's odd, but then I suppose they're kind of don't want to fall down that pitfall that Rogue One did. Whenever you saw like, you know, Jin walking the gangplank, the Tie Fighter coming up, we go to the movie, we don't mm-hmm. see it. Jin's on the beach; she has the Death Star plans in her hand, and then whenever we see her, she's nowhere near the beach with yeah. the plans. So I think that's maybe why they're wanting to try and keep. You know, the movie done that, and then they've done the next trailer, and they've all right, we need to put him in. Maybe it wasn't done yeah. in post-production. The only thing I can think is, like you say with Rogue One, there's been clear footage has come out of different death scenes for the characters. Like, there's a shot that um, K2 and Cassian mm-hmm. dying in the same spot all right, okay. together. So I wonder, have they had a version or two? Off the plot, and they're like, "Well, Chewie wouldn't be here at this moment because we we'll see later on in the trailer there's something quite important to Chewie involved here." Yeah. And you wonder, well, maybe at a point did he go back to someone, or did he, you know, not go with them at this point, mm-hmm. or whatever? But they finally decided after the reshoots to yeah, could have it just been a rewrite or something like that? Because you would think you would think if it's something they were trying to hide, they wouldn't have put it in the second trailer. Yeah, they would have just kept it out. Yeah, but yeah. I just thought it was quite interesting. Uh, also, what I thought now again, yes, we can't see it in this shot because I cropped it out. That tar you were talking about, mm-hmm. I think that might be Paul Bettany's character's kind of shindig. Okay, his place. Um, Dryden Voss is his name, not to be confused with Quinlan Voss, a previous Jedi. Um, but yeah, as I say, I think this is a bit later in the movie. Moving on then, we've seen him, there we go, we have a shot of Han saying, I'm a driver, I'm a flyer. So this is like from the very, very first one, wherever it almost sounds like an interview and you kind of yeah. see him, but this you don't him. This is him back in his younger years. Yeah. Because that very much looks like the an, imp- an imperial yeah. boy. Mm-hmm. So it does, so he's kind of talking big. I think this is him trying to pull a bit of a heist I don't like the fact that they use the word the term flyer I don't like that pilot pilot should have been better rather yeah. than I'm a flyer like yeah I don't I don't what are you a piece of paper that you stick up somewhere or what you know? but yeah I have a funny feeling at this stage he's going to pull some sort of a, a heist for himself and get in trouble okay my suspicion is he does join the empire he gets the chance at some sort of a score him and Kira go to escape in the speeder crash whatever happens he gets caught she gets away Mm -hmm. or she maybe trades information that puts him away and she gets away and that eventually leads to him being locked up somewhere and meeting Chewie or something like that that would be my suspicion but could be completely wrong okay but uh, they do kind of set it up here that's just another quick shot so we saw this shot we've got here is when he's saying, I'm a driver, I'm a flyer. And it's the kind of tug ship that we see that is beside the train yeah. later on. But there are those cloud riders I was telling you about in the okay. right-hand side of the screen. Yeah. The same folks that are with that. So it's almost like escape from them, kind of. Because there, it's almost like, because the container is just off screen here below. Mm-hmm. And he's got his tow cables coming from the tug. There's actually cables coming from these guys to it as well, so it's so basically it's like, like tug of war, right? Okay. To try and get it, and that explains a lot. I wonder if they get some of the cargo, but not all of the cargo, because 
we see a big explosion. Mm-hmm. It could either be some of the cargo falls back and explodes, or it could be that train entirely yeah. blows up, which causes the big explosion. So it does. Moving on. Now, this is an interesting one. This is where we see Beckett, Woody Harrelson's character. Oh, this is where he throws kiss, Solo the, the Kisses gun. the blaster mm. and hands it to him or throws it to him. And it's the DL-44 that we no know is iconic yeah. for Han. Question for you. Do you like seeing these little details or do you, would you prefer these sort of things are kept just a little oh, no. bit of a mystery? Oh, no, I, I love, like... Um Especially in like, Revenge of the Sith, whenever Obi Wan picks up Anakin's lightsaber, and that's how he, he gives it to Luke. I love seeing those little like, how did he come? You know, if you figure out how he's going to get the Falcon, surely you want to see why he always gets the blaster, and you know, like why he says, you know, like nothing will beat a good blaster, a good blaster by your side. And obviously, he's talking about that, the gun that he has. And obviously, then it'll add some more, mis- not mistake, but it'll add some more. Um, clarity to the gun and why that gun means so much to him because apart from Chewie's that's the only gun really you see him use you yeah. don't really see him using like an imperial blaster like Leia would or whatever he would always have that in his in his side you know like that's like his Swiss army knife he wouldn't leave the Falcon I'm, without it because again I'm starting to wonder we only see Beckett in kind of key scenes mm-hmm. when it comes to we see him in a shot in the first trailer in the Falcon and they look like oh scared you know when they're flying in the space octopus yeah. thing I wonder does he kick, kick the proverbial bucket I think at he'll some point kick, I think he'll kick the bucket and that's why and that's that what gun, that means that so means, much that's like almost an heirloom passed down to him yeah. from somebody who he admired and respected that's, that's part of why I feel that shot of him at the standoff is later on in the movie yeah. towards the end is because it is that pistol that mm. blaster in I the could holster. be that could be something whether maybe he's even betrayed Han at some stage and Han shoots him I do gun. think I do think at some point we are going to get someone betraying him yeah um, because of the words it says because oh yeah. he says you know like we've got, we've got that as yeah. long as you don't think somebody will betray you then you'll be alright or something along those we'll, lines we'll talk about it I've got the video clip in for us okay uh, moving on then So, what do you think, Roar? Well, what do you know? What I mentioned earlier. I don't know about you. I'll be interested to hear what you think. But to me, that is the most Han Solo I have seen him. But it's because he's playing off an iconic character who looks so much different because he has so much more hair on his chin and then he's got the two things instead of one. Yeah. And they look like, obviously, they look different from what he normally gets. You know what he normally has, but yeah, um, I think it's maybe just even that simple roar from Chewie, mm-hmm. which kind of you know, like I'm sure as a kid he, you know, he ended up watching Star Wars and identifying with the characters or loving the characters, and then it's just a simple roar like that, you know, like because you saw in the Last Jedi thing that Mark Hamill was at a stage where um, Frank Oz was. Um, doing the Papa Yoda and yeah. he got very emotional because that brought him back to doing the Empire recording with you know just him and the Yoda puppet mm-hmm. you know like so that kind of brought him back to that so I think that's maybe because of so you Chewie. think it's Chewie that's the key to this scene then 
Well, you're saying that for you, this is most you've seen in the hand solo. This is kind of the first interaction, really, and the trailer that we see him talking to Chewie, to Chewie and Chewie responding, and then it's like, ah. But it's that's, that, that's a good shout. It's, it's that camaraderie as that's, well. Because that's funny. Now you say that from the TV spot that came out after this, sort of the 45-second thing that came out, there's another scene, I think, where they're talking like he says, oh, so what's your name? And Chewie roars at yeah. him. But it's, even, it's, it's even the part in the Falcon whenever he, he's oh, yeah, like yeah. in the cockpit and he says, like, how do you know it needs? That's obviously the first time that they're in it. Those and are the best scenes. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you have a fair shout there. That's the shot I was talking about earlier. Just very quick. Looks like it's that bar or cantina. Okay. Or whatever it is. Interesting big tusks. mammoth tusks and all yeah. here. Everything you heard about me is true. <laughs> Everything you've heard about me is true. Thoughts on Lando? Well, again, that's the first time we hear him speak. But just how cocky he is with his hand out with his cup and the droid fell in that there and then he just like he doesn't even look at it he just pulls it away and he doesn't spill any so or smooth, you know, it's just like I know you know so whether this is to do with I've heard because obviously we're at the back table still yes. so obviously Han saying like oh well I've heard about you as you know being a very ruthless gambler and he's saying well everything you've heard about me is true yeah. whether he's talking about that and I hear you're a good pilot because obviously we know from Return of the Jedi He's with General. Because this could be a bait and switch, as you kind of say. Um, this could be later in the movie than we think. Mm-hmm. The only thing that would make me think otherwise, again, would be the tip the, the tip from the TV kind of spot that we had the other time. Because there is a shot early in this trailer where Han kind of walks up to the table and kind of nods towards the empty seat. As in, right, kind of sit down sort of yeah. thing. But the look on his face didn't look like he was a stranger. Okay. You know, it's it, you know, it's like confidence. Yeah. 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 We'll just have to wait and find out really <laughs> at the end of the day. But yeah, really smooth scene. And we get our first kind of proper yeah, wide say, shot that's, of the that's Falcon. That's the first like dying thing. It definitely looks a lot longer than what we're used it to. It scarily is longer. Like when you compare pictures. Because it's almost like from there. there. Yeah. Where I'm hovering, that's the end of the mandibles normally. Can you see, can you see that? Where yeah. he's hovering? Yeah, it's right there. Well, if you're <laughs> paused, folks, on the shot <laughs> yeah. of the above shot of the Falcon here, you're talking maybe, if you take the nose into account, yeah. if you were to go from the end of the main circle of the hull to the tip of the nose, you're probably talking about a third in. Yeah. And horizontal from there, you can clearly see a change in kind of the metal. Or the paint. So I do think this is properly something, <coughs> you know, like connected in. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. I do think this is something connected in. Do you think this is something that Chewie and him take out? Because obviously we've seen Chewie and Empire doing, both of them doing work on the Falcon. Uh-huh. So whether this is something that they're good at is that they can maintain the ship. Mm. Obviously, from the interior of it, we see how crisp and clean it is, and then yeah, obviously it's. Not I think that we bad. might actually get a glimpse of how it gets a bit messy at some point in this film. Okay, but I do think Korg I mess. did kind of say it when we discussed the first trailer for this that we saw like Lando standing there in his coat. Yeah, 
and kind of looked like there was flashes of light and all. And I, I think thought, that I thought it was them working I, on it. I think that's whenever he's saying goodbye to the Falcon. I think that's whenever they're going to fly off. Because I think it's a very similar surrounding. Yeah. To this shot, to the shot that we see of Lando in the mm-hmm. big fur coat. I wonder at some point, is this either like extended cargo, like an extended part of the cargo hold at the front, or it's some sort of escape pod? No, it'll be something to do with cargo. That's where it... Because why would they... I still maintain that he'll drop his cargo and that'll be wherever we see that drop off. And he'll go like, and he'll say, like, oh, this kind of looks weird or something. Or this will look different, you know? I think it'll either be that, that this will get jettisoned mm. with stuff in it or someone in it or something like that, or that this is removed yeah. in that shot when Lando's looking at it. But as you say, it could be a fair shout that that could be Lando kind of seeing it go away. Because the yeah. flashes of light, actually, that is good. The flashes of light could be it flying away. Yeah. Could be the thruster light. Mm-hmm. I like that shout. Moving on, folks. We see... This is a very different shot of oh, the, the, back, back of it? the back end yeah. of the Falcon. Now, we've seen shots of the back of the Falcon, like, in the movies. But with modern technology and all, we get the up close shot here I just thought kind of cinematography wise it was quite cool the way you see it yeah up. you might want to buckle up baby yeah because this is this is going to be his first time in the Falcon because you know like obviously he's saying buckle up because Lando knows how fast it can go he obviously doesn't know that I'll do the castle run less than 14 parsecs 12 <laughs> 14 but you kind of saw in the lead up to this shot, we're just paused on them now in the cockpit, uh, L337, Lando and Han. You saw in the build up to this shot, I'm touching it on the outside, then there's the shot again in kind of the corridor, and then you see him come through the main door of it here. And you can see the whole way, in every shot you see his face, mm-hmm. he's just mesmerised by it. There's a serious man crush or something going on here. Okay. Between him and the ship. I still think as well that once he has this ship, <clears throat> that'll be whenever we see him hanging the dice up on it as well. We'll oh, see that. That's the dice are going to be a major yeah. part of this. Yeah. We saw them in I think the he'll speeder. E- I think point. he'll even get that in the Zabak game. That'll be what somebody throws in as something. Maybe that's almost the keys to the Falcon is that, and that's why he hangs it up. As like a little memento to say how he always uh, how he won it or how he Aye. came to own it. Luck. Yeah. Um, thoughts on the droid? Uh, it's I know we don't see a crazy amount of it in the. Well, I mean, with, you hear a few clips with the likes of KTSO. You know, like nobody was really fussed on that, but then he turned out to be one of the best characters. So you know, it it could be again. It just depends on how him and. Lando interact with each other. He's no nine num. Let's get that right. <laughs> I was going to do something there, but no. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, moving on, folks. We have a shot off the top of the train now. You could probably construe this as any number of cu- couple of clips here because it kind of cuts between a few clips of these. But these are uh, range troopers in their mag boots on top of the train. So I went down you're, not, you're not having a good few minutes here. You're, I really you're am sneezing not. and you're choking on and your I, drink and all. I was more laughing at their friggin' boots than I was, am I? Yeah, they have mag boots. So, yes, I get the point of the mag boots. 
you know, to keep them on top of the train. Yes, yeah. that's, that's good. I would want so to be magnetically is, attached. Yeah, I was going to say it's magnetic then. I would like to be magnetically attached to the top of this train if it's flying through a big snowy valley on a mountain. But, but I also want to get off if it's going to hit like a uh, tunnel or yeah. something. And, but also, if you think of it, when that train goes sideways, your ankles are getting broken either way, whether you're magnetically attached to that train <laughs> or not. Uh, but yeah, they're firing towards Beckett. And we see at this point when the train, we've moved on to a shot where the train's just starting to go sideways. And you can see there's the tug, more than likely at this moment in time, being piloted by Han. Okay. Now, this is where I'm trying to piece stuff together now, again in my head. Because we do see again in that TV spot that came out a few days after this, both Han and Chi on the train. Now, we do see them on the train at the end, but they're actually... The shot that's in the TV spot trailer has them on top of one of the containers like Beckett. Yes. So, does he come down from the tug, or does he go back to the tug? The timing of that. Unless there's somebody else piloting that, and then those two jump down to help him. And then maybe that's wherever he's bought the farm and falls off, and then Mm. they go back up. That's... That's... Probably where I see things going. He could have a Bucky Barnes fate. Yeah. Down into the valley. Hopefully he doesn't come back as the Winter Soldier. No. We get a nice shot or two off the Falcon again. It really is weird seeing the length of that nose, isn't it? It is very jarring. Now, the shot we've got here, folks, this is in this trailer, but it is also from the first trailer. Yeah. This is a shot of Kira coming down the ramp of the Falcon. Our, this was, was our first kind of look at her in the first trailer was yeah. her doing that. And L3 is in the background. Now, I want you to remember this shot, everyone, because we're going to come back to this. Okay. And I have a bit of a theory about everything. Because so, you can see here, she's got, you know, the cape on. She's looking very formal, so on and so forth. Like I say, we'll come back to it. Assume everyone will betray you and you will never be disappointed, as you kind of mentioned earlier. For me, that line really sums up Han's character by the time we meet him in A New Hope. But with that, once he says that, you get a flash of every single character as well. So it's making you think, well, who's going to be the one who stabs him in the back? Yeah. Ponders when it says. I think it'll be Beckett because Beckett will say, "Well, what did I say to you whenever we were, yeah, doing X?" I but said. I think to you, they're trying to, from seeing the way everything timed up in the trailer, I think they're again trying to mislead you because when he says "betray you," it's on Lando, mm-hmm. and I, they're, I think they're trying to make you think, "Oh, it will be Lando will be the one to betray him." But I think if there's two possibilities, it's going to be Kira or it's going to be Beckett. Yeah. Will be your main two mm. to uh, stab him in the back, and that will be part of the reason that because he becomes uh, so jaded. Over obviously, time. at Empire, we have Lando saying to Han, "You've got a lot of nerve coming here after what you pulled." So whether he betrays he would, yeah, Lando, he wouldn't say that if he'd previously betrayed Han. Yeah, if he'd if Han had done something 
like he had went like they'd done this big you know like they've got the um the cargo and then he's dropped the cargo and then ha- land was like money and then or something that or maybe something to do with the sabat game or whatever whether he cheats or whatever and he finds out later that he cheats and then he drives off in the falcon and someone l3 says like yeah it has come back saying that he he cheated and then that's whenever it'll be like you've got a lot of nerve coming here after what you pulled and with the falcon right behind him as well and then obviously says you know to chewy we're like still hanging around with us loser could loser mean as a, an effect of loser as a back game or Should just loser game, yeah. or loser as in just you know like you know like obviously he's not a well liked guy or whatever fair shout uh so we're going to talk about a few of the shots that appear in that clip <coughs> so don't rush ahead too fast everybody yes Shot we've got on screen at the moment is a ATST dropping down into kind of a muddy swamp area. I would say, from what I've been reading, this is this is definitely a different walker because of the way the legs are. Well, this is what I'm going to actually proceed on to in a wee second. Mm-hmm. This is some sort of muddy swampy planet. From what I've heard, it's called Mimban. It's called Dagobah. <laughs> well, funny you say that. Because I did a bit of research about it. And this planet actually does date back way back to the original Star Wars and then eventually the novels. Okay. It came out back then. This apparently was lined up to be the basis, just one planet, the basis of a original Star Wars sequel if Star Wars hadn't done as well as it did. Right. Apparently the sets had been getting built and everything and when Star Wars did well it was repurposed to be Dagobah oh okay so there you go a little bit of trivia and, but as you mentioned the ATST that we see here is very different mm-hmm. so it's, it's actually called the ATDT so D for David T for Tango okay Pablo Hidalgo tweeted this out saying user right yeah it isn't it isn't a regular chicken walker. What do you think the DT stands for, Chris? Uh, desert terrain, derelict in a terrain swamp, in a swamp. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, do you know where my suspicion is? Because we see in this shot dropping, mm-hmm. it like properly drops down. I'm wondering, is it like? drop transport or something like that okay you know is it you know the way we've we saw in like of the prequel trilogy and we've seen that actually in rebels and all they've done it with the big ATATs. yeah where the ships come in and drop them down mm-hmm. and then take off again okay. i wonder is that something to do with, with this or it could be like all-terrain defense troops or transport or transport something like that. Yeah. yeah so it's another one of those ones we will probably find out in the visual dictionary how do you feel about the amount of extra troopers because that is another new trooper there that's the mud trooper oh i mean whenever you had the likes of the the scarif troopers in rogue one were some of my favorites but were hardly in it the death troopers weren't in it that much so i think this is just them using things you know for the sake of using it yeah so do you think do you think we have a real need for them I think it's just their way of whenever they make these films, they have to think about marketing that's sweet and merch merchandise. And, <laughs> you know, that's why Abram said about 3PO that they changed his arm to red. 
because obviously more merchandise. Yeah. So then whenever you see him in um, episode on Last Jedi, then he's shiny again. So then obviously they'll make him shinier. Um, I don't mind it too much. I know they have to do it for merch reasons and all, but I don't get why people get too much up in an arms if about, they're there about though, new ships I know, or new if, you know. if those troopers are there use them yeah. you know don't use them and then fall back on the original troopers yeah. put them in more and put the original troopers in less than because at the end of the day there's a whole galaxy here Yeah. in the original trilogy we only saw such a small snippet of the galaxy and a small snippet of the empire mm-hmm. so just because all we saw in the original trilogy were what was it um Snow Trippers, regular Trippers, um, the Trippers on Endor. Yeah. Those were our kind of main Trippers from the original trilogy. Doesn't mean there can't be range Trippers or shore Trippers or no. whatever. I'm okay with them. Surely you're right. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. This one now, I think this got one of the bigger reactions. Oh dear, going going by that sigh over in the corner, I don't think Chris was too impressed with this. Chewbacca and his wife Malia. It's just because you hear so Malia many even. you so hear so many people going, Is this his wife or is this itchy or lumpy? And then you start hearing the things to do with the holiday special. That's why <laughs> I sighed, you know. Um this could be the reason of you know, this could be where Chewbacca, obviously we see Chewie, you know, like in... The live debt. Yeah, so we could see that, you know. This could be the... Better like that than Jar Jar and Qui-Gon, or Qui-Gon, or Narn. It's quite funny, everybody jokes about Chewbacca being Han's dog, but it actually Han's Chewie's dog, because oh. if Chewie's 190 years old, then... Thank goodness you Han, said... Then Han would be like... I'm just going to turn the light on here, thank goodness you said dog Han, and not some other word. <laughs> then Han would be like his third dog, you're going to have you're gonna have a fun time. Oh, I am. So you are trying to get over the cables. There's so many cables about here, folks, you, you wouldn't believe it. There, we can see now. But yeah, everybody was pretty much freaking out over the shop, more so in a positive sense than a negative sense. Um, yeah, I don't think they'll go down the route of the uh, holiday special because it's obviously Lucas, if he could have ev- all the copies of that and burn them, he would do. Don't be silly, this makes the holiday special canon. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Send your hate mail to Alan Price at Pop Culture Network. Oh, I'm for that for a while. Flip me. What age are you? <laughs> That's like what eight years ago. Yep. Moving on. So we see. Well, hey, I nearly went too far there. I nearly got a video clip. So we have a little shot of Han in the cockpit of the Falcon, and we get. I have a really. He's piloting this for the first time. Then. Yeah. Um. Very, very different to, again, the Han we know and love from the original trilogy, who yeah. is very much not having oh, yeah, a good feeling yeah. about this. Because, uh, doesn't he mention it in the trash compactor? He mentions it on Endor, that he doesn't have a good feeling of it. Oh, I mentioned it so many times, yeah. And then, of course, he mentions it in Force Awakens as well, mm-hmm. when the Wrath Towers yeah. escape. So, we're, no doubt again, going to end up seeing stuff that sends him from... This very optimistic guy. Yeah, and what we know him to be. To uh, not having a good feeling about anything. Now, I have a question here. Next shot I have on screen, folks, is a shot of the gun from the Falcon. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it's firing here. 
we see in the cockpit that we have Han, we have Chewie, and we have Kira. Mm-hmm. Now, we have seen in other shots that Lando is still about at this stage. Do we think we actually end up seeing Lando go to the gun? Or could it still be Beckett? Or do we still do we think by this stage Beckett is done? this is this the one though that you have because don't forget that whenever in a new hope whenever they're about to take off a gun drops down and it swings round and hand, they sh- use it. Yeah, it's not like the one that they use for whenever they're attacking a tie fighter. So this could just it'll be them about to take off and then shooting something coming at them or whatever. Well, this is when they're trying to escape the star destroyer and the ties are coming after them. Right. Okay. So, but as has kind of already been mentioned before by a lot of folks, it's only a single gun. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, the double yeah. gun that we see. I reckon that's from the original. Trilogy. I reckon that's the one that drops down from the. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this is one where they're moving, moving around and like with Finn does as well. Fair enough. So, moving on to probably. The funniest part of the trailer. I don't know okay. how you feel about this. When do you know how to fly? 190 years old? You look great. Thoughts, Chris? It's, <laughs> oh, Chris. It's not necessary, though. Why not? I mean, all you need to do is, how do you know how to pilot a ship? I've been in one. Well, I don't need to hear that he's 190 years old. I think Han at this point is just a wee bit of prejudice against Wookiees, though. Who Han is? Uh-huh. Well, you don't need to say it 190 year old. It'll look great. So he's 190 and then Yoda's 900. So if I was 190 years old, I'd love to be told you look really well for 190. Well, you keep that <laughs> dream alive then. You know. But no, I just thought it was kind of a good wee comeback because he's, you know, Han's just being like, the cocky upstart going like well I'm the pilot I know everything to do and you see in the shots in the build up of this part Han flicks a switch and then Chewie flicks it back yeah because you can see that Kira's sitting in the the co-pilot seat and that's why he's doing that because they've obviously had them in the front of a ship like the speeder before so that's why she's assumed that and Chewie is going like this so that he'll probably say to her get out let him sit there sit behind me or whatever but this also confirms then kind of what we were guessing when we were talking about this ages ago and I was talking about the books and mm-hmm. um, the book kind of dated it I think it was around 12 to 10 years before A New Hope yeah and by Tree saying he's 190 that confirms that time period because come the original trilogy he's 200 okay so yeah so we're at least 10 years when this part's happening mm-hmm back from A New Hope. But the next shot, we can see this is a very, very quick shot that happens in the trailer. You mentioned about her getting chucked out of the co-pilot seat. Yeah. Chewie in this shot is in the co-pilot seat. Okay. And you see them flicking switches back and forward. And the next couple of shots after this were probably some of my favourite in the trailer. Okay. Where they match the sound up to them like flicking the switches. Yeah. And then you just see the Falcon go left to right just so fast. Okay. And you hear Han shout, push it. There's that shot I was telling you about, the left to right shot mm-hmm. of the Falcon. This, to me, definitely does put me in mind of Castle Run. Right. So it's like either towards the end or whatever. 
because it's that it's still that sort of musty, dirty, musty, dirty, cloudy sort of thing that you saw from when they were turning around from the Star Destroyer. Yeah, shot. Moving on, we see this shot now of Dryden Voss. So back to Paul Bettany's character. This to me, I don't know about you. Seems very Praetorian Guardy. You know the way their weapons in Last Jedi were, of course, able to defend against lightsabers and yeah. all? The reason for that is they kind of had like a wee kind of blade that went along them, kind of like an extra kind of laser or whatever it was. Okay. Because he kind of sticks these. These are kind of like a brass knucks mixed with. I was going to say, because it looks like a sword, but also something that you can use to punch people with. Yeah, so you've got that, but it starts off completely dark, and then the light spreads along it. Mm. So it does. So is it similar sort of technology to the Praetorian Guards, what they have later on? Goodness only knows. But we see very quickly in the next shot, he's swinging it. Oh, right, okay. And he's swinging it at hand. So he is. So I wonder what part the movie this is at. Is this when they've come back and they maybe don't have as much of the cargo as he's expecting. This could just be him showing off, you know. Yeah, or showing off his trinkets. Yeah. That could be a fair shout because there's looks like some sort of fancy egg thing here. Yeah. And then there's also, as I mentioned, the Mando suit that he has. So it could be just part oh, of like his collection. The there, yeah. So he does. Um, this is another place where we could end up uh, getting a sort of Indiana Jones nod. Because mm-hmm. if you remember Last Crusade, uh, when they did the sort of uh, River Phoenix opening when Indy was young, he takes the whip off the wall and whips it and slices across his chin yeah. to match up with the scar that Harrison Ford has in real life. Right. I wonder could this be something like that, that you could get that. Whether well, he falls around and he accidentally nicks him. Could do. <laughs> Next shot. Chewbacca just killed a guy. Okay. Completely and utterly killed the guy. He lifts him up with one arm and completely pile drives his head straight into the ground. That is his head. Or what was his head? In the ground. Oh, right, okay. His head has gone up into his body. Okay. <laughs> so it has. Nice, Chewie. It's... Nice to see, actually, this side of Chewbacca. Well, obviously, in Force Awakens, there was a deleted scene where he pulls off on Car Pluck's arm whenever he's close to Rey. And in A New Hope, let the Wookiee win. Yeah. That sort of thing. Because, uh, and Jabba, in Return of the Jedi, the mighty Chewbacca. Mm-hmm, yeah. This is kind of showing you how he kind of gets that I think this will do for. Reputation. I think this will do for Chewbacca what Rogue One did for Vader. Because obviously like at the that. end, like obviously that. at the end we saw how merciless Vader would be. So I think the same for Chewie here. I like we'll that. see this happen a few times. So we're coming towards the very end here, and we've got a shot of Kira throwing a grenade. Remember, I told you to mm-hmm. remember that shot earlier for all looking regal. Yeah. That's the same place. Oh, right, okay. So it is. And as you can see, 
she's wearing different yeah. clothing. Yeah. So I'm wondering, have they tried to sneak in to Kessel or whatever to get something else? All right, so she's dressed up like that, like the way Finn and Rose did in... Imperial Outfits yeah. and all, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Or sorry, First Order Outfits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could say Han and Luke and the Stormtrooper yeah. Outfits yeah. from A New Hope yeah. and all. And then stuff goes sideways, and this is them having to get out of there. Because you've also seen shots of Lando in front of the Falcon in this place as well. Okay. And this also looks like the same place as that shot with Chewie and Mala right. as well. So this is must be somewhere where there's other Wookiees. Yeah, this is where, be a he, bit of a this, this where he frees her then, yeah. Finally then. Oh no, Chewbacca, what's going to happen? Oh, why is he wearing glasses? His goggles. It looks weird. They're the best of accessories. It looks like if the Big Bang Theory had like a Wookiee, that's what it would look like. <laughs> but yes, Chewbacca is hanging off the side of the tree and, and they're hurtling towards a big outcrop of rock. He's going to die, isn't he? Do we think Chewbacca is going to die, Chris? There's nothing to say that it is Chewie. That could be somebody else. Except Han shouting, Chewie! Again, this could be... <laughs> But again, this could be all. This could be all. That could be totally out of context from. ADR voiced over. Yeah, exactly. You know, like Ray, join me. You know, like put out his hand. You know, like I need to know my place. And then Kylo putting out his hand. That wasn't done together. That could be totally different. Chewie could have jumped down to get something and then you'd see Chewie pop up and we're like, there you are. Yeah. I think it's fair to say Chewie lives. Yeah. I'm going to say the Han Solo probably lives too. <laughs> so we'll round things out because we need to get moving on here to WrestleMania. Overall thoughts, how are you feeling at the minute heading towards I'm Han Solo? I'm still not bothered. Yeah? I'm really not bothered. I think uh, Infinity War is kind of, once that goes, maybe. But I'm not, it's not one that I've, um, you know, whenever a trailer comes out, I need to watch. I'll be like, oh, I'll come I'll watch that at some stage. I, it's just if it was an Obi Wan Kenobi movie there with Ethan McGregor, or I really, I really hope they don't mess us about and they actually do give us an Obi Wan yeah. because I'm getting nervous with the fact of oh Ryan Johnson has a trilogy, the Game of Thrones guys have a series of movies, John Favreau has the TV show. Yeah, it's just like where's where's Kenobi going to fit in yeah. all this? You know, fingers crossed. I hope the move maybe the stuff they had planned for that Trank movie revolving around Boba Fett and the Bounty Hunters into the TV show but just let some of that stuff go into the TV yeah. show because Bounty Hunters and the you know criminal, criminal underground of look how popular the Dog the Bounty Hunter was in TV do you want a Dog the Bounty Hunter show with Boba Fett Holy <laughs> <Not in> class <laughs> down the ground now but yeah I'm more excited for the movie with this trailer I was happy to see a bit more from the characters, yeah. hear, hear them say a few more things. But I'm not jumping out of my skin or anything like no, that yet. Like no. you say, I think it'll maybe just start to creep up a bit more after Avengers. Yeah. So, because I think everybody, and I don't think anybody would uh, say otherwise, is fully kind of focused mm-hmm. on Avengers right now. And that's all people care about I even th- excuse me I even think that if this was being released at the tail end of the year I still don't think people would be that bothered about it they would go to this or Mary Poppins well you know <laughs> alrighty 
That's the Star Wars Han Solo chatter. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even look at the timer. We're, we're going to kind of talk about this, but we're not going to really... Oh, no. I wasn't, I wasn't planning to ponder on okay. this a great deal. But WrestleMania 34, I think there's just a couple of things we kind of want to hit on. Yeah. Uh, mainly the overall... I'm not going to say state of the show, but the way things kind of Feel of the out, show, yeah. The way the show kind of panned out, the way it drastically changed. Mm-hmm. So, Chris didn't watch the pre-show, so we're not going to mention the pre-show here. Basically, I had my um, nine-year-old nephew come around because he was off school on the Monday. So he had, he could either go bowling, go to the cinema or watch WrestleMania, so he picked up WrestleMania, came around wearing a Roman Reigns t-shirt and oh, a John Cena hat, and I was like, you get out. He didn't, um, he didn't have a very good record that night then, did he? He really did not, no. But, um, <laughs> surprisingly. There, there, yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah, but um, there's something I'll talk about once we get to a certain okay. part. But I didn't want to... I thought five hours would be... Pu- be pushing it. But seven hours would have been really pushing it. I managed to do the seven hours and it was so bad. No, I watched the Hall of Fame the night before. And obviously you see the pictures of the empty seats when Goldberg was talking. Because that, that was went, crazy. Because I went on for like four and a half hours. Uh, and then I watched NXT obviously the night before, which was outstanding. And for me, that was the. It's again NXT proves that being a wrestling show isn't a bad thing. No. And sticking to three hours and under of pure wrestling is perfect mm-hmm. for a pay per view. Yeah. Because, like I mentioned before, I went back and watched seventeen, and it is. Three hours, forty-five minutes long. Yeah, and that is more than enough. And speaking of wrestling, that it was eight. Was it eight or seven? Eight years ago, that um, we had the Belfast Arena, Belfast oh show with the likes of Maurice, the masterpiece with the likes of Maurice uh, versus Kelly uh, versus Eve with Kelly Kelly as a special we've, referee. We've come far. Yes, and Mark Henry versus William Regal, and because I remember Mark that Mark Henry at Rodos. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember that being one of your favorite pictures. Yeah, that was whenever the Miz was. I, uh, that was when the volcano in yeah. Iceland went mm-hmm. off, and yeah. they had to come up to Belfast via boats and buses and all, and that's where Miz cut an absolutely ridiculous promo. Yeah, million dollar championship, ridiculous promo um, about them traveling up. Yeah, because that's whenever John Cena said, we're safe here in Ireland, you know, thanks for all your well wishes. And I was like, here, you're not dying, you know, like, you're in there, so... And they ended up filming stuff here for them yeah, to exactly. communicate on Raw and all. But on with the show. Opening match, Seth Rollins versus The Miz versus Finn Balor for the Intercontinental title. Um, This was a surprise to how to start it, because I thought it was being Daniel Bryan and... Shane versus Owens really? and Zane because I thought that they would have bigged up you know this was the arena where Daniel Bryan you know like last wrestled you know like um, last like was at the height of his career and yeah. obviously he came crashing down blah 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 but uh, yeah this match was great the only one thing about Finn Balor is that he needs to channel that demon persona more you know yeah. that seems to be a big thing I've heard about kind of the one major nitpick folks have about this match is the fact it was WrestleMania and we didn't get the demon. Sure, you hear what Vince had planned for him? No. Vince wanted to turn him into a gay character. Is that is that then why Vince has him doing the whole Balor Club is for I, everyone? I don't think so, but I think that's more kind of being I don't PC. get me wrong, I am very happy. Yeah. With but them being more inclusive I think and they promoting want, this sort of thing. I think they wanted to turn his character in that vein. Mm. And then Stephanie said no. 
to that. No, you know, that's so for, for once, Stephanie is very much right. Yeah, but um, this was a great match to start it off. You know, with three great performers. Um, I particularly enjoyed Rollins's entrance because it had the Game of Thrones tinge to it. So yeah, it Lewis was freaked out by his eyes. Oh, I the contacts. Yeah, yeah, the contacts, and I'm so glad he didn't wrestle in those. That been yeah, because the Miz looked very. Uh, uh, for me, there was his a lot. Was really weird. There was a lot of outfits that looked really off and his was one of them in my opinion I thought his looked really off I think Nia Jax's was one as well yeah hers was very off and then there was somebody else that I remember looking you'll at probably t- you'll probably remember when we go on yeah. but yeah I thought this was a decent opener I thought that they would open with a multi-man match so I thought it was either going to be this or the Fatal 4-Way for the US okay when you go through the rest of the night I'm a lot happier it was the oh yeah, yeah yeah that started out the night because this this for me would probably have been a solid probably three and a half to four star match it was, mm-hmm. good, it was a good opener oh yeah you have two guys that the fans are extremely invested in and love so they're going to be, probably be happy enough if either one of those guys won and then you have the Miz you've got a good heel there as well but he pulled his weight in the match I did well. like the fact that he didn't bring the Miz Draj out with him yeah. I thought that was they played up the whole oh he's a new dad he's a changed man yeah, yeah. That, that's changed very quickly again back on Raw there mm-hmm. this week um, the only th- the only other criticism I would have about this is there was quite a few and th- this wouldn't have probably come across to you because you wouldn't watch Raw or Smackdown as much as I would anymore but Finn and Seth had a match on Raw I think it was the week before this or the week before that and a lot of the spots that Finn and Seth did in this match were the same oh, as the singles they? match they had mm-hmm. What I think would have maybe been slightly better would have been if Miz somehow got involved in those same spots. Like there was the spot where um, you saw Seth go to like powerbomb towards the barrier and Finn flips out of it. Yeah. Instead of Finn maybe flipping out of it, Seth could have like powerbombed him into the Miz or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. You know, just add that little extra yeah. dynamic. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no, it was still a solid three and a half to four star match for me. Um, then surprisingly. We got Charlotte versus Asuka. Well, that was a terrific match. So that, was. See, for me, mm-hmm. see when I look back on this show, I think that should have been invented. I think that's what they're planning to do for next year is to have Charlotte versus Ronda. Yeah. And then have that as the, being the first, like they're always doing these first ever, and then be that the first one to close out the show. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but for me, you know, like I love the fact that... Um, her entrance, you know, you had the flare music, you know, like you had... That her, really caught me off yeah. guard. I and then, like, that's fantastic. Because somebody, I think Triple H had wrote something to do with, you know, it was four years ago that Charlotte took the crown, literally. Yeah. You know, because obviously he took it from him. Yeah, and then somebody his had, entrance. And then somebody had said, oh, did you dress up as one of the guys for her entrance there? <laughs> and it's like, that would have been cool if they did that. But I did like you, especially whenever she was walking down the ring, to the ring with that very elegant robe on and then the guys behind her and yeah. then taking the robe. Who were NXT guys again. Yeah, so and it did come full circles. Yeah, uh-huh. so Because so that was her, Alexa and Sasha, I yeah. think, at WrestleMania 30. So it was, I definitely think it was. No, it would have been her, Sasha and... Oh, he's the other one. Did you think it was Alexa Bliss? No, it wasn't Alexa Bliss. It was her... But who's the other one? Sasha Banks. It wasn't Bailey. It wasn't Bailey. And who's the other one? 
Becky, it wasn't Becky. It was Becky, it was Becky Lynch. I'm pretty certain it wasn't I'm Becky. I'm pretty sure it was, it was three. We'll not three. argue about it. Because, it, <laughs> because I remember Bailey talking and saying that, you know, the four horsemen, three of them were main event in that, and then she wasn't there. She was still down in NXT. But. I am <laughs> right. Tweet him and tell him he's not, everybody. Uh-huh. Okay, you do that. <laughs> but, yeah, a bit of a shock outcome here. Well, they say that New Orleans WrestleMania is where streaks go to end. Yeah, the streaks go to die. Yeah, um, but yeah, I th- um, especially whenever she had the figure eight on and she was holding herself up by one arm. I was selling the arm. Yeah, that had been getting hit the on arm, during the, the match. Her, her arm was bleeding though as well. I missed that. Yeah, the, because whenever she was, whenever she had her arm like that and she had both arms like that, uh-huh. she went like that because that arm there, I think, was bleeding. Right. The left arm was bleeding. So yeah. The only thing I would kind of criticise about this, now, would I have probably ended the streak? Probably not. But the only thing I can really criticise about this is, I think it's finished just a tad early. I think there was maybe just one more gear for them to go. It was a really, really good match. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of felt that Asuka pretty much, bang, figure it, it's over. I would have thought there maybe just been that wee bit more that maybe have her get out of the figure yet. Yeah. And then eventually ends up back in it and then that's what ends yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It just seemed odd that the first attempt Espe- of the figure eight especially ended she, up. Especially if she did like a typical flare move where she was holding on to the ropes mm. or something like that because I have a funny feeling like obviously, you know, we heard her saying, you know, Charlotte was ready for Asuka. I have a funny feeling where this is what we're going to see Charlotte, you know, if she ends up on, because she's on Smackdown, isn't she? As of recording Yes. Right, okay. So By the I, time this is out yeah, she may tomorrow, be on Raw. she could be on Raw. Yeah, so I have a funny feeling that she'll go after, she'll go a heel then. Because there was quite a considerable amount of women's moves last night on Raw. Yeah. So there was, there was the Riot Squad, so that's three. Natty, that's four. Was there one more? I don't know, there was at least four. Okay. So there's probably at least four other women going mm-hmm. the opposite direction. Yeah. Oh, sorry, no, Charlotte can't. I'm an idiot. <laughs> because that was four people coming from SmackDown, so all the people that have come from SmackDown to Raw went. Okay, so, so Charlotte be, is staying. So the big people from Raw going to SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, two good opening matches. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got the night off really, really well. Then we hit the fatal four-way for the United States title, which was Randy Orton versus Booby Rude versus Jinder Mahal versus Rusev. And for me, this is the kind of first letdown of the night. This was a match that didn't really need to happen. It was just something. Yeah. So it was. it's the sort of match that you were like, didn't need to be on the card. Yes, I know you're wanting to get all the titles on, get everybody their match. But if you were to stick to the, right, we're going to get it to a, maybe just under four-hour event, mm-hmm. this is a match I'd cut out. Yeah. So it would be... This is a match you could easily have had on Raw the next night. And I'll admit, I didn't pay the crazy amount of attention to it. No, this was, uh, like, I was kind of watching it, but at the same time, it didn't really have my interest that the other two matches had yeah. done, you know. And then, oddly, Jinder Mahal won the United States title. And we know, as of recording, he lost it last night to Jeff Hardy. So what was the whole point and of then, that? Jeff's well, going to go back to SmackDown, probably. Yeah, but then Jeff Hardy is now a Grand Slam champion. Yeah. So, uh, and they seem to be bigging this up an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Because you think about they've never really done this that much. And then they've done it to Orton, they've done it to Rollins, yeah. and they've done it to Hardy. But that US title has all of a sudden become hot potato. Oh yeah, I was just literally going to use those same two words, hot potato. Because uh, Bobby Roode held it for 
all the right amount of time. Yeah. Then Randy won it. Randy dropped it fairly quickly. So he did. Sorry. Yeah. Dropped it very quickly in this WrestleMania. I think he held it for probably a month or so at mm-hmm. most. And then Jinder drops it like a week and a half later. Yeah. On Raw to Jeff Hardy. But that would make me think that probably Jeff's going over to SmackDown to later tonight. Okay. So moving on. Less said about that, the better then. Uh, next up then. Probably the surprise of the night for me. I don't know how you feel. Uh, but Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. That was match of the night for me. Yeah. It was because you're thinking, I have no idea. <laughs> now, the one thing I'll say about Ronda Rousey is, like, she is, you know, like, she seems... Sm- smiles too much. For me, she seems at home in the ring, mm-hmm. you know, um, but she needs to sort out her attire because she was constantly fixing her yeah. shorts. And I did know, actually say that when I was watching I was like, she's fidgeting so much with her gear. Yeah, but um, for me, obviously... This was more about her than it was to do with Angle. You know, like, I think Angle was just there to kind of buffer in case, God mm. forbid, something went wrong and they needed a ring general there, you know. Yeah. You could have had, obviously, The Rock there, like they were planning to do, but, um, like, whenever she first got in the ring, you're like, right, okay. And then just whenever she hit Stephanie and did, like, we roll and things the like front that. Roll, and, yeah. You know, it seems like Angle, like, Because that, that, that first move she did with that clothesline in the front row piqued my attention yeah but that was the thing is that you look at whenever Angle came in and everyone said that he got it straight away and she got it straight away you know don't get me wrong I'm sure they've been practicing that match like mad down at their performance center yeah because I think Natalia was has been training her yeah which is interesting again based off on Raw they've brought Natalia over to Raw and they look like they're going to be buddy buddy together sort of thing so that could be part of that but this genuinely shocked me yeah, I was going into this match, not nervous, but concerned that you're putting this girl in on the biggest stage, and it could go terribly wrong. I think the only problem I had with it was that she went to the well too many times with the arm breaker thing to Stephanie, and Stephanie kept blocking it. That is a concern a lot of folks have had, and I would, I would kind of agree because you're like, you could understand maybe one of the main girls. Yeah blocking it a few times but Stephanie McMahon mm-hmm. now the argument could be made but Stephanie's been training for this fight and she knows specifically the arm bar is going to be Ronda's yeah. main weapon so what would be the big thing you would practice in the run up to it defending that move well in a certain respect he had Triple H he fought Brock Lesnar he was trying to break his arm so uh-huh. he was thinking about you know how to get out of that but especially the part wherever she's in the ring with like Triple H and the refs go no and she's like that and she just beats the and then whenever she slams on the floor it kind of rolls over him and then picks him up Yeah, and then there's a part to do with Wrestlemania Diaries where you see the Bellas and Natalia backstage like applauding her and like you go girl and then Stephanie obviously brings Triple H down but for me you know like um, the build up because obviously it was Kurt and Trips for probably the first five to eight minutes of this match and you're starting to think right they're protecting her here. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not wanting them in the ring. But then it gets to that point where Triple H gets knocked out over the rope and Stephanie's just standing on the apron. Yeah. And it just builds and it builds and you just hear her go, Hunter. Yeah. Hunter. Yeah. And it's just each time she says it escalates, she gets more and more panicked. Even and then wh- Kurt gets the hot even tag. Even she goes in, she goes for the tag and then he's not there. You know, but... 
yeah, I, I think... actually have to give so much credit to Steph in this match because she worked a blinder. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, um, for me, like I say, this was match of the night, and it was something that you know, I think she didn't do herself a disservice. Yeah. You know, like I think she came into this, she knew how, what she wanted to do and how to do it, and um, I think you know if she carries on going like this. And we see her wrestling, you know, like I know she said that she was doing some um, of the like European tour, whether she's at the tapings and things mm. like that in London. I think that would be a big plus. But it's nice to see a UFC fighter come into WWE and actually being able to wrestle and yeah. not do the same, you know, like actually shock us. And her actually being surprised by the reaction she got from the crowd and actually said yeah. that she was very... Um, worried that the the crowd would not accept her. I remember reading that after the thing that she appreciated so much how much the fans took yeah. to her that she was expecting to come and get those boos mm-hmm. and be like, what do I do now? Whereas everybody embraced her yeah. and I think it shocked her how pleased everybody was with I this think if match. She, if she tries and she is trying, uh-huh. you know, like, and if she keeps going the way she's going you know like they just have to be very careful yeah with her rise they can't turn around in three months time and stick the belt on her because everybody will go well who's taking it off her now mm. sort of whenever thing. you look at the likes of that I can never pronounce his name obviously you have Gargano and who's Champa, Champa. right Champa. Okay. you look at that build and that was near enough a year build to that match which you don't have anymore yeah what's to say you can't have a year build match between her and Charlotte, yeah. Charlotte gets the raw belt off um, Naya, said Survivor Series or something, and then those two feud towards Mania. But yeah, surprise the night. Yeah, absolute pleasant surprise the night. What's the next match? I did not think coming out of the night that I would be saying Stephanie McMahon was involved. I think in on, the match of the night. In all honesty, I think in the last one I said that Triple H hasn't had an awful lot of WrestleMania moments. Yeah, I think his this here this was it. Was it? You know, yeah. and it's not him being up, being beat up by a woman, but this is a new wrestler coming in and fighting him. It's a very different Triple H. Yeah, it is. To years but gone by, it's somebody who can accept the other people and accept the younger people coming yeah. in and know their place. And I think NXT has done a lot for him doing that. You yeah, know? exactly. So, but next matchup, we're uh, heading into dangerous territory night because for me, that match is where the night peaked. Yes. What's the next match, sorry? Is that AJ? The, no, okay. no, 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 no. With a couple more between now and AJ. Uh, it was the SmackDown tag title match oh, between one. the Bludgeon Brothers, the yeah. Usos, and the New Day. There's really not much to dwell on this because from bell to bell, they got just under six minutes. I can remember more of the stuff that happened outside the ring than anything that yeah, happened inside the it. pancake people and stuff like that. No thanks. And the only thing that was good was um, Zebra Woods doing the um, Dragon Sword. Yeah, the Dragon Sword. Um, that was what it is. We'll not dwell on that match. Please don't. Uh, and another short match, uh, Undertaker versus John Cena. The only thing I liked about this was whenever the lights went down and you heard the brrrr of the guitar and yeah. the eyes came out. And that was like, a brilliant swerve. Absolutely you, loved that. Were you expecting somebody else? But then I expected those two to fight. Yeah, and then Cena goes up the ramp, and then Taker comes out. Taker comes in. Obviously, Taker is still in no condition to compete in a long term match. Like. Three minutes, and then that's it. So it was like, like I didn't mind too much, so I didn't because the last thing I want to see is an ailing Taker struggling his way. Now, if anybody was would get him through a twenty minute match, mm-hmm. 
I think it would be John Cena, but yeah. this match is five years too late. Yeah. Oh so yeah. But I was happy enough. I was pleasantly surprised. I wasn't but ranting and raving saying the one it's thing the worst that concerns thing ever. me is this thing to do with the greatest Royal Rumble, where there was Rusev, then it's Jericho, and, and back to Rusev, and back to Rusev, and I was like, leave it at Jericho. Jericho and Taker have never had a one-on-one match. This is your perfect time to do it, and you can put it on Rusev. Yeah. Well, I and don't yeah. see that match lasting long either. No, I don't. Especially if you have somebody not as an inexperienced, but somebody who's not a ring general yeah. like Jericho is. So, like, even at this point, yes, we were going downhill but we were going downhill very slowly yeah it wasn't too bad the, yes the smackdown match wasn't much there was a bit of a surprise it's always nice to see taker but i think it's actually this next match is where things actually especially in the crowd yeah took a nosedive is this the aj match oh no there's no, still okay. a lot of aj there's still a couple of matches to aj this is this is where you forget how many matches were on this yeah. card mm. daniel bryan and shane versus kevin owens and sammy Zayn. Biggest mistake, and I think this is what lost the stadium for most of the night. People have been dying to see Daniel Bryan back in the ring. They finally get that moment. And what do you do at the start of the match? You take him out of the match for the first 10 minutes and force everybody to watch Shane McMahon struggle to fight off Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And he does hold out for 10 minutes, pretty much handicap. And then you get a quick flurry at Daniel Bryan in that match yeah it's it's not one of those things you want to see really um, and as soon as the stretchers come out and things like that this is because ha- that crowd was hyped when Daniel Bryan came out it was, yes 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 yeah. let's go then boom out done on the floor for 10 minutes no that's something you could even do in the middle of the match get them to get some offense in and keep the crowd popping yeah and then they do something and be like you know and then they cheer for Bryan because they want them back in the ring again they don't get that and to be honest no you know Shane McMahon seems to have this, oh, I don't know, like if they have somebody else in, the, if Daniel Bryan had a different partner, like say a Chris Jericho, he could take those two on for 10 minutes by himself. Shane McMahon is not a wrestler who fights week in, week out and knows no. different moves. It's I can't like, punch for it, bleep. Yeah, well, he's just somebody who, again, like Undertaker, he's done a couple of matches, he needs to kind of stop it now. Mm-hmm. Because it can't all be about the McMahons. No. You know. Everybody wanted to see Daniel Bryan and the crowd just had their life sucked out of them Yeah, by him not being there in the first 10 minutes. Now, yes, they did get back up for him when he finally got back in, but I think that moment of downtime really hurt the crowd Yeah, and eventually would hurt the event. Moving on then, we have Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. Again, for me, a very... Eh, sort of a match it wasn't anything special at all it is what it is but I like the fact that she won yes and in the manner that she won it it wasn't a case of you know Alexa Bliss was playing dirty and poking the eyes and things like that but then you know you see her you know like taking advantage and using her weight uh, and then you Mm. know like doing her finisher and all that kind of stuff I think I think this has to probably be no I could be completely wrong but this has to be the WrestleMania that has had the most title changes in history. That's what you said the last time was you, because you, I predicted it. You, like, you said you said I'm if I'm predicting this, I'm predicting a lot of it because I think you predicted Asuka to win rather than yeah Nia. That's I, actually quickly we'll f- fly back through here because just want to double check things. Um, Seth Rollins triple threat. I think I predicted Seth Rollins at the time. I 
probably predicted Finn, but then Miz went back the next night in Raw, which I think didn't you think happen. you did. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte Flair, Asuka. I definitely went to Asuka. I think I went Charlotte just to you made throw. it to counter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we both got the fatal four by US completely wrong. Yeah, I went for Rude, and I think I went Rusev, so we yeah. got that completely wrong. Angle and Ronda, we both got that right. Yeah. So we did. Um, Smackdown tag tales. I think I got that right with Bludgeon Brothers. I think I went for New Day. You did, yeah. Uh, Undertaker John Cena I think we both went Taker didn't we probably yeah I think we did um, Daniel Bryan and Shane did we both go for that I definitely went for them I think we probably did I think we probably did because then I said that you know the way they would be hard back I said they'll yeah. end up on Raw which so, eventually which happened anyway we're so professional here folks we should have made note of her actually ah well uh, picks uh, but Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss I think we both went with Nia as well yeah so, mm-hmm. so like you're saying we predicted a lot of title changes but this is where I got it drastically wrong and that's the AJ Nakamura this match. is the point where Lewis got up and left wow yeah so he almost knew because mum was doing something in her room and I don't think he knew where she was so he went looking for her mm-hmm. and this was match as I said to you it was like a dream match and I was like I really you know and you said I hope that they're given the time to do what they do but for me, and they got twenty minutes for the me for this being a an inverted commas dream, dream match, match. This did nowhere near have the spots that it should far have. Too, far too slow. It was like this was so be, slow paced. But then whenever you look at entrance was fantastic for Nakamura. Well, apart from the guitar thing, I was happy enough with it. You know, but for the build for this match, now don't get me wrong, it was not a bad match by any stretch of the imagination. But when you build this up and you're mm-hmm. like, Dream match, dream match, dream match, and you're repeating it about a dozen times per show, and then you get this. I tell you what, see on SmackDown whenever you had Daniel Bryan versus AJ, I was mention that. that that for me for even, that's what I expected. You know, even whenever Nakamura interfered, that for me beat was this better. Match. Yeah, yeah, by a landslide. Yeah, landslide. It's crazy. Um, yeah, we'll not dwell on it too much. Now this is where I really started to tear the hair out. Well, I would if I had any, but anyway. Braun Strowman. This was... And Nicholas versus The Bar with Braun Strowman basically single-handedly winning the Raw Tag Team Championships. And don't forget as well... And then relinquishing them the next night in Raw. And don't forget as well that this was a tag team tournament that he won. So what was the point? Battle Royal, sorry, Battle Royal. Yeah, to be honest with you, I was more close with my guess of Nicholas than you were. <laughs> what did you go for? You went for Alexa Bliss, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same height now. You weren't, you weren't yeah, far off. Yeah. You weren't far off. Yeah, same amount of hair um, probably. But this for me... But we definitely both went for Braun winning. This was... Why he? Why did he spend so much time out in the crowd picking someone? That, I think, I wouldn't have minded what had happened too much if so much time hadn't been wasted of him dandering around the crowd. Yeah, it's just like, why? Have the kid at the barrier and just go, okay, you. Yeah, that's all, that's, that's all you have to do is just do like, that. Don't waste eight minutes walking around the ring yeah. trying to find a child. And this, this, you know, like the bar have been a great tag team. And you've just went... And you've basically squashed them with... The whole Raw tag division is in tatters. Like, they brought over Brizango and the Ascension. Um... In the Superstar Shake-Up. But then you have Galloway, you like have really McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, which I think would probably do well as a tag yeah. team. But yeah, really didn't do it for me. So no. at this point of the night, I was really struggling now. And that, I, that, that wasn't helped by the main event. I think once you hit the AJ 
in Nakamura That's match, where you really go. This is whenever the brake lines have been cut and you're hitting the hill and your brakes don't work. It's after the first sort of five to ten minutes of Nakamura AJ, you suddenly start to realise this match isn't going to pick up. No. This match isn't going to be the dream it's, match it's we've all sleepers, been hoping for. It's the sleepers this was the match the that I, This was the match that single-handedly wanted me uh, to be in New Orleans yeah. that night. And then I watched it and I turned to Hill and I said, I'm so glad we weren't there. Mm. And that's crazy for me to even fathom having oh, said yeah, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I was so... There was, if there was one match wanting to, me to be at wrestling, mm-hmm. it was that match and it didn't pan out. But that's for me is... Like, I've been talking to Simon about possibly doing 35. You know, yes, like, yes, yes, yes. But I've been possibly <laughs> talking about it, but... Whenever you have the likes of, say, NXT, TakeOver, Hall of Fame, Raw after WrestleMania, for me, it's not about WrestleMania. For me, it's about... See, for the last two WrestleMania mm. trips that me and Hill did, uh, that was 31 to San Fran and 32 to Dallas. It was about NXT for me. For me, it was more Hall of Fame and then experience a fo- first Raw after WrestleMania and then experience a 30. Yeah. That, for me, was both... If yeah. I didn't, if I didn't, if I missed WrestleMania, I know because to be honest with you, it's like you say, it's more NXT. Like you see how many, you see how many five star matches have come out of NXT that Dave Meltzer's give, and then you see how many WWE haven't had one for I don't know how many years. You know, and a little bit of trivia was who was the last person to beat Brock Lesnar for a championship belt? Undertaker. Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero. Oh, sugar, that's right, yeah. 2004. Is that really the last time? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's scary. Um, but yeah, speaking of Brock Lesnar, the main event, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, and I responded to this match just like the crowd did. I was I was done at this Nobody point. Nobody cared about this match one iota. Um, I believe that this was changed in the middle of it. From what they I've, say it was changed yeah. in the middle of it. There's rumours creeping out now that Brock kind of verbally agreed to extend his contract that raw prior. Mm-hmm. But only like, you know, kind of like with when The Undertaker streak ended, only like Vince and Heyman and Brock right. and maybe one other okay. knew. Yeah. And they told Roman before the match, yep, you're going over and all that. And then, like you're saying, it was then fed to the ref mm-hmm. during the match. That Brock was winning the fight. Um, Could yeah. this be as well because of this greatest Royal Rumble that that's where he'll win the yeah. belt? I think this whole talk of Brock extending his contract is nothing. I think he's extended it a month. Mm-hmm. And he's going to go to greatest Royal Rumble in a couple of weeks and Roman will win the belt now. Mm-hmm. So well, I think it's just been a short extension. It's... Or there's been an agreement where I'll work when I want to work with yeah. yous on a pay-by-appearance basis, but my focus is going to be UFC. He shouldn't, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be anywhere near titles. Yeah. He really shouldn't. And that, that for me, is whenever you have AJ Styles, he's in there week in, week out, busting his hump, and then you have Brock Lesnar, who, when was his last title defense? Survivor Series? So you're talking a, a couple good, months, like, you're talking a good, like, f- five or six months. There's a few months in it, like, so there is, but... Uh, that's WrestleMania, folks. That that match was, and that has sorry, that had to be the most um, lackluster ending to WrestleMania. It's crazy. They you they say, and WWE would be very much like this. If they're booing, they're making noise. 
But in that main event, yes, there was a wee bit of noise, but it was mostly apathy. Yeah, and, and that's bo- the worst thing. It was boring as well. You got chanted yeah. and everything like that. And just whenever he starts bleeding too, and then Brock obviously beats him and Brock goes off. Then it was like... And don't yeah. talk to me about the 6F5s. Don't uh, even talk to and me. Then, but then it kind of just ends. Yeah. And you're like, all right. Because normally there's highlight, fireworks. Highlight package. There's normally like fireworks and things like that. Well, that's, what made people think about, that's what made people think about the match getting altered yeah. during that they had pyro prep. But could you imagine, though, if that match had gone on where AJ was? Yeah. Now, fair enough, the AJ, match, the AJ Nakamura match was not a train wreck, but you can imagine at the end of that that AJ wins, he's got the belt up, Nakamura low blows Boom. him, and then he's in the middle of the ring. I didn't mention the low blow. I loved the low blow. That was yeah. the best part about the match. He speak no English. That on SmackDown. Heel Nakamura has me so interested. But apparently that's the first time that he's ever played a heel. Because from what, shock me. From what Johnny shock says, me. because he was the darling of Japan. Yeah. So this is his first time playing heel and I think he'll do it well I remember hearing folks were saying because there was a couple of the New Japan guys actually in the crowd mm-hmm. uh, I think like Tanahashi and stuff like that were in the crowd watching Wrestlemania and as soon as Nakamura low blowed AJ they were all in fits of laughter because <laughs> they're obviously probably best mates yeah. and they've never seen him be a bad guy so yeah. they were all like oh, brilliant <laughs> um, but yeah I'm so down for heel Nakamura um, but yeah I think it's fair to say we'll round up here Okay. Um, pretty much the guts of the first half of this WrestleMania gets a thumbs up. Yeah. Then probably for the next quarter, it slowly starts to go. After Triple H, Stephanie, that's whenever it goes downhill. And then the final quarter, it just plummets yeah. off the cliff. Yeah. So it does. Um, I don't even think I could give it a proper score rating. It's just one of those. It's probably just, for me, I will just say, one of the oddest WrestleManias. Uh, but that seems to be happening a lot. You know, whenever you think of the Sting Triple H match. And the DX thing, and then you think like last year, and you know, like the thing to do with Taker and what have you, and you know, it's just it, it's a funny time for wrestling, especially for their biggest extravaganza, Event. you yeah. know. And if that's why, after watching that, I was like, do I want to pay money to go and watch this? And the answer is no. Yeah. But that's it, everybody. There was no intention for this to go this long, but no. same old story, same old retro shock. <laughs> Thank you all very much for listening. Feel free to get in contact with us on Twitter at RetroShock316. No. Oh, I did it, didn't I? I did it. I'm sorry. RetroShock at Pod. Re- at RetroShock Pod. <laughs> P-O-D. It's, oh, that's, I that's, it's that sort of day. Sort of. But yeah, <laughs> feel free to get in touch with us. Uh, I'm at Alan GW Price. He's at Vinto three one six. There's where the three one six Vinto Pod. No, that's not. Right. There's, there, <laughs> there's where the three one six is. Um, but yeah, episode one hundred is next. We're going to be running down your rankings of the MCU. We'll be talking some more about some Avengers behind the scenes stuff that has come out. So it has, and uh, let's get hyped for yeah. Avengers Infinity War. Sorry, episode 100. There's going to be another interesting little surprise for you when episode 100 hits your feeds. You'll know what I'm talking about when you saw a glimpse of it a number of weeks ago on the Twitter feed. If you haven't seen it, go back searching through the images and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But catch you next time. Bye.